Hello there, pod people, and welcome to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies. Is this really happening? Is this a fever dream? I'm not sure. Anyway, I am your host, Donna Scott, and this has been off air for quite a while. And yeah, I thought I'd just put an episode together. How about that? Thank you to everyone who's been keeping this in the Apple stand-up comedy charts for six months with no episodes. Oh my god, it's been that long, hasn't it? Has it been longer? Oh, good grief. Longer than that, yes. For the best part of a year with no episodes and people still kept listening. And do you know why I'm doing this now? I'm not in the charts anymore. (laughs) I've come out the charts. I've come out the charts and I can still see my old muckers, Rob Halden's up there. I can still see Rob Holland up there. I can still see Ben Briggs up there. I can still see Love Dev Barpeg up there. And, you know, they're getting the old sweet Apple stand-up comedy podcast audiences. And I am not. And I am jealous as hell. So I just thought, it's time. It is time. So I have come back. Anyway, how are you? I hope you're very well. And that the current situation with the whole global pandemic is not too onerous or traumatic for you right now. Let's face it, 2021 was quite the year for me. A few bad things happened, of course. I lost my dad. Uh, He was like Rasputin, Rara Rasputin in fighting off the many things that could have killed him over the years but finally Covid got him and I lost my friend Storm Constantine she died in January last year and then shortly after that myself and Neil caught the Covids we got the Rona and you may have understood from some of our subsequent recordings that it affected our health pretty badly so we had a few times when we were trying to record this podcast and it sounded like Darth Vader was smoking 40 fags a day. It was awful. And there were a few occasions after that we were just too knackered because we had long COVID. And we recorded about four episodes that just sounded awful. There was no way I was going to release them to your gentle ears to listen to because it just sounded rubbish. Here's the thing, I had long COVID too and I signed up to the long COVID clinic. Oh, by the way, you might be listening to this and thinking, oh, vaccine, hoaxy, COVID, blah, blah, blah. I'm really, really sorry. I'm just explaining why I wasn't doing this. Uh, I I don't want to be political or, you know, actually, or do I? Or do I? Uh, Anyway, I'm telling my story. So I had long COVID, I was really tired all the time, basically working and still managing to do things I was supposed to be doing, but I get to about three in the afternoon, oh my life was fighting sleep, it was terrible. And then as soon as I finished work, I'd just go and have a, a big long sleep and then eventually eat and uh, go back to sleep again. I spent most of my time asleep, it was rubbish. And then I, I tried to record a couple of episodes and just couldn't do it. And I signed up for the long COVID clinic and they sent me for a blood test. And I was really lucky 
because that blood test pretty much identified that there was something wrong with my blood. And I had another blood test and that confirmed that I had really high TSH or low. Anyway, I basically got no hormones in my body. <laughs> uh, I'd run out of hormones. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's why I was knackered because my thyroid had broken. This is really common. It's not just COVID. It happens with all kinds of viruses. Uh, you know, you have a, a virus, your body basically goes, oh, my immune system is top notch. I'm going to attack that clearly invasive element in my bloodstream. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. Take that fever inducing virus. Uh, I, I will get rid of you. And then along comes other bits of you, like your hormones. And your body's kind of like pumped up. It's like punch drunk and it wants a fight. So your immune system goes, right, you look a bit weird with your spiky hairdo. I'm going to punch your face in. And the bits of you that it then attacks are actually your hormones <laughs> and uh, your thyroid. So, yeah, the immune system attacks your thyroid and kills it. And it doesn't work anymore. Um, that is not a sign of a weak immune system. No, sorry. This is a sign of a top-notch immune system. Oh, my life, you were so healthy. Why? Why? This disease is not going to touch you. But uh, your body just like, oh, I'm steroids. And uh, just has a freaky go at your own body and destroys it. So, yeah, basically, my thyroid got completely switched off and... The blood tests had confirmed that. So it's all right. You know, you've got to take a, a pill every morning. And I get up stupid o'clock to take my pill and then go back to sleep again for a bit. Uh, because now I know a lot of people with uh, thyroid conditions, hypothyroidism it is. And they tell me, oh, well, I don't bother with anything. I just take my pills and get on with my life. It's like, oh, good grief. You can't do that. I, honestly, my thyroid system at the moment is so bad that I've, triple my, my meds like since I started and that took a long time because the flipping blood vial shortages might I tell you and yeah that's really annoying yeah so I triple my meds and they were still finding that uh, I was knackered and uh, oh the mahoosive weight gain oh my life you wouldn't believe it and uh, bulgy eyes I actually already had bulgy eyes but um yeah I, I, I feel and look like and it's better than it was much better than it was the diet thing you do have to do certain stuff and I was getting so confused because the packet of your meds says do this don't do this it basically says don't eat kelp and that's fine because who does but then you find out that they sneak kelp you didn't think you were eating it they sneak it into things like anything with soya milk, there's like hidden kelp in it somewhere. You want to watch out these things. There's, it's got too much iodine. Um, you need iodine, but that's too much. And um, what is it? Soy. Uh, got to avoid soy now. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to poison me or knock me dead if I eat it. It's just that it's what you call a goitrogen. So that can grow massive lump in your neck uh, if you have... Because actually, that's what a goiter is. <laughs> a goiter is made by goitrogens, and they are in things like soya, and they're in things like cabbages. But fortunately, the British diet means you have to eat a lot of cabbage 
in order for the cabbages to make your neck get a, like a tie around it. <laughs> but yeah, it's still not great. I try not. It says, oh, don't eat them raw. Like avoid them raw. If you cook them, you'll be fine. But just avoid soy. Caffeine's one. Uh, can't heat, have caffeine within an hour of having your meds. And dairy. So you can't have dairy for four hours after your meds. So all these people I've, I've encountered that said, oh, I don't bother. I just carry on as normal. It's like you can't do that because it inhibits the absorption of the thyroid, thyroid in your body. So I'm, I've got a nutritionist now, like a posh mum uh, in Chelsea. Yeah. And she's told me all sorts of good things. And that, that that's great. I've stopped panicking so much now about my food, which is good. Because what, what my husband said, you're getting a bit, bit vegan <laughs> on, on the things you can and can't eat. And it's like, I'm not. Although I probably should. Be. I would love to be more vegan. I had, on the way home the other day, I had one of them plant whoppers from Burger King because we were hungry and we stopped at services. And that was the only thing open on a Sunday. And I had a plant whopper because I didn't want to eat beef. And it was lovely. But it was pure soy. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to be eating this. But I had it. It was very nice. And I thought, well, it's not going to kill me the once, is it? And he's going, you're being all vegan on us. Because it's like, oh, I'm obsessing and telling you again and again. I'm telling everybody about what a can of can eat. Like, like, like vegans do. And I'm like, well, it's kind of important to let people know if they, if they are providing you with food. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've had uh, soy off people before. And people have cooked me lovely soy-based meals. I've eaten it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Already. 10 minutes of wittering on to you. This is why I wasn't recording the podcast in the first place. Another thing with the hypothyroidism is it gives you a massively confused brain. And my brain went, uh, oh my life. One of the podcasts I did record before I decided not to release it, I repeated myself four or five times. Not like now where I'm kind of like talking round and round and round in a tangent. That's confusing enough, I appreciate. But it was like, oh, that's just really annoying. I'm just repeating myself again and again and again. Anyway, that is the whole medical news out of the way. COVID remains rubbish. Hyperthyroidism is manageable. And I am the size of a house. If there are any listeners out there who also have hypothyroidism as a result of contracting a virus, please do get in touch. Give me a tips. Maybe we could form a support group. I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm huge now. I'm really, really huge. The thing is, with lockdown, when it first started, I was one of them weirdos that lost weight. Yes, I did. For a little bit. Then I discovered booze. We got lots of booze from the pub when the pub couldn't were open. And, um, yeah, I drank a lot of cider. That sort of, like, curtailed the huge weight loss. But... No, we were working from home. We could manage our time. Boris said you can go out for a walk for an hour. So I did. And that was pretty darn healthy. And the rest of the time I was, of course, digging the garden because I became a right prepper and was trying to grow my own vegetables in case the shops ran out. Uh, So that's what I was doing. But, you know, here we are nearly two years later. Quite frankly... I'm not starving. 
if anything, I've got too much on my plate. Um, although I, I, I'm one of these people who says, like, it's, it's, it's my hormones. It's not what I'm eating. It's slightly what I'm eating. But really, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. Because I remember I used to be, um, when I was 21, something like six and a half stone. I was really, really tiny. So to be double that, more than double that um, in my 40s, it seems a tad unfair because you expect a little bit of middle-aged spread, but what you don't expect is to actually double in size all the way around. Uh, I mean, it's literally double in size in dress sizes as well because it used to be an 8 and now I'm a 16. And to be, to be fair, that 16 is quite tight, so it's not great. Um, eight was quite tight as well, but, uh, you know. Sometimes, actually, what I used to have, I used to dress up in children's clothes when I was at university because it they were cheaper. There's no VAT on kids' clothes. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm still wearing um, some children's clothes today. I bet you can't guess what they are. My walking boots. Yeah, so... I mean, got from Sports Direct because, you know, I'm, I'm an, you know, ethical nightmare when it comes to trying to save money. Um, but yeah, it's even cheaper if you go and buy the junior version of the walking boots, if your feet can fit in them. So I've got I've got a young boy's walking boots as opposed to an uh, adult ladies. Yeah, they're fine. They do the job, don't they? <laughs> and I'm walking, which I need to do to flipping lose weight. I'm very proud of myself, though, because yesterday I did, let me see, my Strava says I did 11 point something kilometres. What did I do? Ah, 11.88 kilometres in two hours and 18 minutes. And only one person has given me kudos. I think I need more kudos than that. It's very, very pretty. Um, I went around this Pittsford Lake that we have near us. And we're all the way around looking at the golden eye ducks and the egret and the herons and the lots and lots of lapwings. And I took a picture of the lapwings as well. Um, I scared them off to be fair. So they, they are in flight because they don't like us very much. They're just like, oh, we're human. And they had this panicky call. <coughs> and off they go flying and then just moving like, a meter away and then landing back down again and they go oh my god she's back here now it's like yeah of course i'm walking this way along the bridge um past all the lap wings birds are stupid aren't they but yeah i don't know how this podcast is sounding i don't think this is sounding like quite like it used to i i i feel that i'm kind of like a little bit spacey with my whole what the hell i'm on about today but anyway we'll see how it goes i'm on a minimal uh, editing in order to get this out and give you something to listen to and I suppose what I want to do as well is tell you some of the stuff I've got going on because I need to do a little bit of promotion uh, yeah so I have got a show on a Leicester comedy festival so my show is called weird sense of tumor because let's face it I've always got a medical story going on <laughs> um, so my show is all about me having uh, Eric. You might remember from episode one. 
In fact, as I'm finishing writing my show, I should probably listen back to it to make sure I haven't missed anything out. Because that was a weird old time in 2019 for me. Um, that whole growing a massive one stone <laughs> tumour in my belly. And the weird thing is, since I've had COVID and I've gained all this weight th- um, since having COVID and destroying my thyroid, well, the fat's kind of gone into the hole that Eric left because Eric left a hole. Oh, yeah. And because there was a hole and I'm, I've spoken to other people now and they were like, I'm glad you've, you've talked about this to me because they hadn't realised if you have major surgery and a large thing gets removed from your body, it does create a gap. And your doctors will say to you, yes, everything will just shift around naturally back inside you. It does, but it takes a flipping while. <laughs> And when you roll over at night, all your intestines go. It's like, you know, um, throwing a slinky down the stairs (laughs) and that's all going on inside. And that it's kind of weird. It's a bit tickly. Yeah. And it wakes you up. (laughs) So that's why I have one of those V-shaped pregnancy pillows. And I'm scared to let go of it. You know, I always sleep with sort of half cuddling it with my my belly kind of resting on it uh, because it's like, oh, like there's still a baby inside or, you know, uncoiling intestines. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's very useful, very comfortable. And, yeah, I, I really wish that this wasn't here. But it's ever so strange because uh, the rest of me still looks the same. I say the rest of me. Uh, I think I've my boobs are bigger. That's a probably a given. But my bump's small, and my legs are small, and my arms are small, and my face is kind of small, but I have got, you know, in a bit of a wattle going on, which is kind of like dragging my face down a little bit. It's like, oh my god, jowls? Like like, you, like you're trying to draw Spike the dog uh, from, you know, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That's kind of going on. Um, and then it's kind of morphing into something which I think... In a, in a weird light, I'm like looking at it going, are you a goiter or are you just the base of my tongue? <laughs> and it's like, I'm constantly feeling for lumps in my neck to see if they are abnormal lumps or just just my face being weird. Anyway, it's all fun and games, I can tell you that. So my show, that is on at Manhattan. That wasn't an advert for the show. That was just me wishing on again about stuff. My show, all about having a the Eric the Tumor and the fun and games of 2019 and that's called Weird Sense of Tumor and it's on Manhattan 34 on Tuesday the 8th of February at 9 p.m. so it's a nice safe time to be away from all the kiddies (laughs) in a bar in a cocktail bar at that so right here's the thing if it goes well come to my show and if you really like me yeah put some money on my bucket whatever but they do cocktails and I really love cocktails. <laughs> Come buy me a cocktail <laughs> and I'll be very, very grateful. My favourite cocktail at the moment is an espresso martini. I don't even like coffee, but I like drinking espresso martinis. It's just oh, lovely. You know how I said about I'm supposed to avoid caffeine and my favourite drink now has lots of it in? What's that about? <laughs> uh, if you don't know what an espresso martini is, it's apparently... A drink that was invented, um, I think, at the Groucho Club, not the Groucho Club, or at some club or a, some club or other, where and it was for Kate Moss, the supermodel, because she wanted 
something that would wake her up and fuck her up at the same time. So the barman invented the espresso martini. But they're delicious. Uh, and uh, we've tried various establishments around town to try and find the best espresso martini. And then I've, my husband, I bought him a complete kit. Because I'm very generous. I bought him a kit at Christmas so he can make me one on a Friday night. See, I'm just all generosity and heart. Um, anyway, he's very good at making the espresso martini. It wasn't to begin with. They were a bit meh, strong. But um, no, he's really good at that. And Charlie Chaplin's. He loves Charlie Chaplin's. I'm not so fond of the Charlie Chaplin's myself because they're quite limey. Um, but I think there might be like probably a balance thing. But they're they're very nice. That's kind of apricot brandy in. What are your favourite cocktails? Have you tried a porn star martini? Come on, everyone's tried a porn star martini. It's the one made with passion fruit liqueur. And you have a little floating passion fruit at the top. And you can tell what a classy person I am. Because at the end of drinking the passion fruit martini, I always try to eat the passion fruit. Because it's vitamins. I don't want to waste anything. And that gets served with a shot of Prosecco as well. And how do you drink yours? Because some people take that shot of Prosecco and they've taken a sip of their passion fruit uh, cocktail and they make a gap in it and then they pour the Prosecco into the drink. I'm like, don't do that. You want to sip your cocktail, right? You want to take a little sip of the Prosecco every now and then. And it's like, I've got two drinks. I've got two drinks. I've got a big drink and a mini drink. And just drink them. And then, and at the end, of course, get your spoon you probably have a spoon or ask for a spoon and then pick up the the passion fruit and it's really nice crunchy seeds but yeah you can't really drink the crunchy seeds you've got to eat them uh and then that's a nice fizzy um passion fruit flavor which with a slight alcoholic tinge to it because it's been floating in in alcohol so very nice and uh oh what else have i been having oh New Year's Eve, uh, some baby Guinnesses. Have you ever tried a baby Guinness? It's Tia Maria and Bailey's. And you put them in a little tiny, tiny shot glass and they look like a tiny Guinness. And here's the thing. When people give them to you, right, don't don't be a sheep and follow the crowd. People will say to them, say to you, they'll hand you a baby Guinness. Go, but got you some shots. Down in one. Down in one. Don't. Just sip it. It's really nice. If you sip it like you would a Bailey's or a Tia Maria, it's just nice. And then everyone's like, going, you throw the shot down your throat if it's disgusting, like Sambuca. That's what that's for. Um, Sambunas down your throat. Baby Guinnesses, sip, because they're nice. Auntie Donna has told you. So what else have we got going on in the big wide world? Well, it being January, I am in panic mode and panic stations because I have got a lot of work all of a sudden to finish. Not only have I got to finish my show ready for next month and get bits of it practiced here and there, it's the the coherent whole, which you don't really have a lot of time for in a club set. But, you know, everything I'll be doing in a club set has been going going well. And uh, I've had people come up to me at the end of the sets and they've been sharing their stories with me. So, yeah, they're going in the show. <laughs> Some of them. Not all of them. Uh, I really like this one bit. This woman said about um, she her, her dad uh, 
when she was growing up, and this is an old lady, he had his gallbladder out, and uh, not gallstones, which I thought would be quite cute to see, but his actual gallbladder, and it was in a pickle jar. <laughs> mm, Sarsons. And that was kept on the mantelpiece in their, their living room. And can you imagine, like, it was like a talking piece. So you like have people come round and say, oh, look, that, look what that is. Guess what that is? And they'd go, I don't know, pick a lily. And they go, no, it's my gallbladder. And then, oh, I'm disgusted. And, uh, and then, it, like, he probably had the family just, like, wanting to, one, shook it away or at least put it in a cupboard. And he was like, no. It's going to go pride of place. Most people will have china dogs or a retirement clock. I'm going to have my gallbladder in a pickle jar on the mantelpiece. And yeah, that, so that's what she'd grown up with. <laughs> and yeah, and then she said, had I managed to, to keep mine? Can you imagine if I'd kept a pickled Eric all my life? I, mean, I don't think it would fit on the mantelpiece. <laughs> but where would I put it? <laughs> on display outside the house uh, I do find some of the things that people have on display outside the houses that are kind of weird because uh, uh, we've had this since lockdown started a lot of the places a lot of places they have wanted it to be very Christmassy from as early as possible so they've been putting their Christmas lights on in October and all them posh houses where they would normally have flags they've taken the flags down and they put Christmas trees in their flagpoles. So you you come across a row of houses, and they've got like all these like skewed Christmas trees, uh, hanging around. And that's even now, it's like mid January. There's still loads of houses around here with Christmas lights still up. And I say that because like a couple of doors down, um, I think they had a bit of a um a, a problem with like some plastic stick on Santas, and uh, they they were brightly coloured at one point, um, but this was years ago, and they must have like used glue to put them on the window or something, and they're not be able to get them off. And now they've gone brown, so there's some brown Santas on one of my neighbours' houses, like and that's permanent, permanent year-round brown Santa decoration. So I've got two anthologies on the go at the moment. So I'm reading for the best of British science fiction 2021. And the submissions closing date is pretty much next week. We might keep it open a little bit longer, but um, I had fully intended to close this about the 15th. But I'm getting quite a few good stories coming in. So if you are a science fiction writer who's had work published and you are either living in Britain or you are British and living abroad. So British and Irish uh, writers or people living there now then you entitled to send your reprint submissions through to me and the email is donna press at gmail.com and i'm also working on the arts lab antho which i've been saying for a couple of years now but we are actually in the final stages of putting that together so that is really happening this year and so we're just going to be sending out the proofs out soon but i've told everybody during February, especially the beginning of February, while I'm working on my show, I have to close down work because I'm able to concentrate on anything else. So I'm getting towards that time now. Once once my proofs have gone out, once my submissions window is closed, there's a couple of weeks where I won't be able to actually work on the anthos. 
because I'll be working on my show and getting it ready for the stage. Very, very nervous. Um, but yeah, it's all coming together and it's really exciting. What an exciting and busy time of year this is. Have you got any resolutions? Mine is always to be less busy at this time of year. Do I ever do it? No, I do not. <laughs> I think the last time I had my podcast out, I was banging on about being in Alan Moore and Mitch Jenkins' film, The Show. That is now out there and you can, I think, download it or stream it or something now. So, providing I don't make the cutting room floor, my next thing you should be able to see me in is a pop video for Joe Payne. Yeah, Joe is a fantastically talented singer and he's very local to us and I'm absolutely delighted to be in his video. So I won't say too much about it. It's just it's not going to be out for a while yet and uh, it's going to be brilliant when it's all done and I can tell you more about it. Uh, Talking of prog, I was recently on uh, Fish's global live broadcast for a few seconds talking about my love of fish. That was quite bad though because with the whole, God, I'm harping back to long COVID, but I have to watch my energies and I have been dancing my socks off at the fish gig a couple of months ago in Leamington Spa. And then I got, I got asked to do this filming afterwards to talk about fish and flipping heck was I knackered I could barely string a sentence together so amazingly they've made managed to make me look okay <laughs> but yeah I'm on the global live stream and I think that's probably going to be on a, a who knows who might be on it it's a DVD extra or something like that yay um yeah it's got uh, that thing I was supposed to be on the DVD extras of I didn't actually make <laughs> that wasn't the film um yeah constantly being cut from things um, but as Alexandra Armstrong in that respect. <laughs> and I can also tell you that I am one of the comedians who is going to be taking part in James Cook's board game Smackdown, which is currently filming. So that is another very, very exciting thing. That's me, Gareth Blinner, Tom Solon, Matt Hoss, Jenny Collier, Pauline Eyre, Rhys Morgan and Simon Lomas. It's been fun so far. But now, as I have promised to take care of myself and time is ticking on, I am going to finish this podcast. So it's been lovely chatting to you, even though I've done it at breakneck speed. And hopefully I will see you next week. Or at least you'll hear from me. So thank you all for listening and happy new year, you lovely, lovely pod people. See you soon. You've been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.